Today on this episode of the PV Roundup Special Spotlight. And certainly FEV1 is important, but I think we're missing the ball on other physiologic measures. Today, doctors Robbie Callan and Nick Anania rejoin the podcast for the second half of their discussion of early detection of COPD in this PV Roundup Special Spotlight. Boehringer Engelheim has 100 years of heritage in respiratory disease. Since 1921, they have emerged as a leader in this disease area, having launched several treatments in a range of respiratory conditions, including asthma, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis, and lung cancer. Their focus is on improving the quality of life of patients suffering from debilitating respiratory diseases and enabling them to maintain a more independent life. Learn more at BoehringerEngelheim.com. The content is solely the responsibility of the authors and does not represent the views of Boehringer Engelheim or its affiliates. Nick, I want to ask you, sort of shifting a little bit from this concept of pre-COPD to early detection of what we would call clinical COPD, people who have airflow obstruction but may or may not have that be detected through spirometric testing. Do you think that's still an issue? Do you think we need to do better in that space or have we come a long way and we're, we're getting there as far as the actual diagnosis of COPD? Because historically, I mean, here we are talking about pre-COPD. We haven't been really good historically about even diagnosing COPD, COPD. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, uh, you know, everyone is a very important uh, measure in this disease. It gives us an idea of severity, certainly if it's done or measured correctly, because it's not an easy measure to to do. Certainly, it's not adopted in primary care. So I think we put all our eggs in the FEV1 basket, and I think it is time now to look at other physiologic measures. Yes, I believe that there are some measures of small airway function that we may even tell us, because that's where the disease starts. I mean, COPD is a disease of small airways, as in contrast to asthma, where medium-sized airways are affected. And FEV1 is a lousy measure of small airways, as you know. And, and certainly FEV1 is important, but I think we're missing the ball on other physiologic measures. You know, uh, the concept of pre-COPD in, encompasses other physiologic measures like a lung volumes, a diffusion, RV, you know. Gas trapping is a major problem in these patients. And FEV1 doesn't really tell us anything about gas trapping. FVC, if it's measured properly, may be a better physiologic test to reflect hyperinflation or gas trapping. I think, uh, but, but unfortunately right now, all our regulators, all the drugs that have been approved for COPD were approved because for FEV1 improvement. And I think it is time now to think outside the box when, when we look at interventions, to look at outside the box that there may be other physiologic measures. Symptoms have been forgotten. You know, we have patients who have I told you earlier, symptomatic, non-obstructed patients who are on treatment. They've already been prescribed treatment, but we know that in epidemiologic studies, in COPD gene, in spiromics, these patients uh, do worse than non-symptomatic smokers, uh, even though both of them, both groups don't have airway obstruction. So while airway obstruction is important, you know, we, we are now shying away of defining COPD only based on physiology. And indeed, our COPD gene work uh, suggested uh, in 2019, we came up with a paper redefining COPD, and we suggest that we should look at three things, symptoms, 
uh, lung function, importantly, of course, and radiologic features, which are now in the research arena, but maybe in the future, uh, imaging biomarkers may be a real thing that, that physicians can, can measure. It's always struck me how that, that three-component paradigm by COPD gene is actually so important because lung function, while we love it as lung doctors, is really a pain to measure. It's like, it's just not a straightforward endeavor. And we can bang our heads on the wall forevermore saying people should do more spirometry. It's been that way since I started my career. Doesn't seem to happen that people do more spirometry. Yet, people get a lot of CT scans these days, whether it's the lung cancer screening CT scans or whether it's for another reason. Those CT scans are not often looked at through the lens of, could this person have COPD? They're used for their singular purpose of lung cancer screening. And if we could become more adept at the at the, the implementation of systems to ascertain respiratory symptoms, we probably could hit two of those components really strongly and improve the rate of diagnosis of COPD so people could access care more readily. The other group, Nick, that really strikes me as important that filter through life without ever getting a diagnosis are people who get frequent bronchitis. There are people who I have met in my clinical practice who just get antibiotics two or three times a year for bronchitis. And it just keeps happening. And no one seems to stop and think, it is not normal to need antibiotics three times a year for bronchitis. That's not a normal thing. Yet, we don't think carefully about even the simple things sometimes in the context of COPD. Some of it is awareness, some of it is time, I get it. But it is interesting how we just have been so singularly focused on lung function impairment that sometimes I think we've forgotten about the broader concept of respiratory health and, and what else we could be thinking about. Nick, what else do you think? Where are we going to be in five or six years as it pertains to defining COPD? Uh, I mean, I th it's exciting time. Obviously, uh, we're looking at biomarkers. Uh, currently, you know, biomarkers are not too many out there. There are some prognostic biomarkers. People have looked at fibrinogen. Uh, bloody eosinophils, uh, important ones that can predict maybe exacerbation, but also predict uh, who would respond to certain treatment like inhaled corticosteroid, maybe in the future biologics. I think there is a definite need for more medications to or interventions that would decrease the mortality of this uh, from this, this disease. Uh, we've had some exciting data from triple therapy in certain patient population decreasing uh, uh, mortality, but these were secondary endpoints in clinical trials. But, but there's a big need for uh, uh, altering the natural history of the disease. And maybe catching this disease early will allow us to do so because current therapies that we have, none of them, except of course, uh, o uh, oxygen uh, therapy really uh, would prevent mortality or decline in lung function, of course, other than smoking cessation. These are the things that are unmet with, the, they're not met, uh, the needs that are not met with current interventions. And we, we need to find a solution of how to do it. The second thing is we need to personalize the treatment of this disease. You know, for many years, we thought COPD is a one-size-fits-all disease. Well, we know now there are multiple phenotypes, and probably not only that, but there are multiple endotypes, different mechanisms of the disease. We can't think that uh, one COPD will respond like the other. 
uh, if their disease mechanisms are different. Uh, you know, alpha-1 antitrypsin is an example of, a, of an endotype that we know that we can treat it maybe with augmentation therapy and so. But we don't have too many endotypes defined in COPD. We certainly have multiple phenotypes, which may help us identify characteristics like chronic bronchitic patients uh, and pure emphysema patients, uh, the exacerbated prone patients. But phenotypes, while they're important, they really don't uh, reflect mechanisms of the disease, uh, which is what we need. And for that, we need more biomarkers that we can measure, that they can tell us the story, that they can allow us to personalize the approach for this disease uh, more, more than what we are doing right now. Well, Nick, it's always fun to talk with you about this stuff. It's an exciting time for, for COPD as we start to think differently about it and hopefully come up with some solutions to lots of large problems. Thanks for, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. And that's today's special spotlight. Thank you for joining us for this episode of PV Roundup Podcast. For more stories like these, visit us at pvroundup.com to subscribe to our weekly newsletters. Thoughts, comments, or suggestions? Please leave us a review on your preferred listening platform or email us at editorial at pvroundup.com. Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, or Google. You can also download our Amazon Alexa Flash Briefing, Medical News Roundup, and just ask, what's my Flash Briefing? Thanks today to our guests, Dr. Robbie Callen and Nick Hanania, and thanks to Sean Mullen for production assistance. Join me next time for an episode where we cover the latest stories in the world of medicine. <laughs> <laughs>